Want to improve your mood? Unfunk your gut. Your gut and your brain are in constant communication. Your brain talks to your gut and your gut talks to your mind. You cannot heal one without healing another. Last week, you heard part one of Unfunk Your Gut with Dr. Peter Kozlowski. We continue the conversation this week and go in-depth on the gut-brain connection, mental and emotional health, food sensitivities, dysbiosis, and specific healing strategies. That's what's happening today on Healthy Harmony. Welcome to the Healthy Harmony podcast. I'm Jennifer Pickett, dietitian turned functional medicine health coach. I help spiraling moms overcome the overwhelm through functional wellness coaching for the body, mind, and soul so they can transform their health and live a deeply fulfilled life of freedom and harmony. Let's get real. When it comes to your health, you know what to do. I strongly believe that to make the shift from knowing to doing, you must apply mindfulness, listen to your body, address what's really driving that behavior, be intentional, and finally, practice some self-compassion. The last 24 years of experience have taught me that the absolute last thing a woman needs is a lecture about self-care and another unrealistic diet plan. I recognize the importance of compassionate and intentional health practices so you can feel good. Because guess what? When you feel good, you are more likely to make better decisions for your health. If you're ready to take control of your complete health, address the obstacles standing in your way, and live a life of freedom and harmony, you, my friend, are in the right place. We are continuing the conversation with Dr. Peter Kozlowski. He's a gut health expert, a functional medicine doctor, and author of Unfunk Your Gut, which encapsulates his collaborative patient-first healthcare approach. It is a fantastic book. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And it really offers a blend of his medical insight and all of this wisdom of his own healing journey through addiction recovery. Doc Kyes really inspires us to seek and find real answers to what's going on with my health. And he empowers readers with practical strategies and delicious recipes to achieve true balance of body mind and spirit i will make sure that you have the link so you can order that book yourself and of course the website for dr cause uh this is a fantastic uh interview and i hope you enjoy it it's just incredible to me how all of this works together so i'm curious i want to hear what you think how does sleep play a role in uh poor gut health Yeah, sleep is when our body heals, when our body restores itself, when our immune system creates memory, when we make our T and B cells stronger. We we have uh, innate immunity and adaptive immunity, and our adaptive immunity gets stronger during sleep. The the majority of your immune system lives in your gut, and I argue that the worst thing for your gut 
out of all the things we talk about is stress, trauma, um, anxiety, depression. I call it mental, emotional, spiritual health. Mm-hmm. And when that is out of whack, the gut is out of whack. And usually if you're not sleeping well, there, there's usually mental, emotional, and spiritual reasons for it. Um, I mean, otherwise the, the issues are usually like temporary, but you're chronically can't sleep. I mean, that's the first thing that I, I would always look at and we can get into the gut brain connection if you want, but basically if you're not sleeping, you're getting more stressed out, which is inflaming your gut. It doesn't allow your immune system time to recover from the day and build up for the next day. It's such it's something that is very simple, yet not not discussed very much. And that's right. get a good night's sleep. Um, and again, I think this is the difference in functional medicine, which is often termed lifestyle medicine. Hey, let's get back to the basics. We need to make sleep an absolute top priority. But I like how you really go deeper and describe why that is so very important when it comes to gut health. That is when our body heals. So uh, yes, I want you to, I want us to talk about uh, the gut and the brain, but first I want to, I want you to go a little bit further because I know you really focus on this in your book about mental health, emotional health, and spiritual health and the role that that plays in the gut. So it's the key to unlocking your gut health. And that is because of the gut brain connection. So um, your gut, that tube that we've been talking about, we've learned some interesting stuff. It's like a bouncer to get into your body. It's got this three to five pounds of bacteria growing in it. The majority of your immune systems in in there. Well, the gut also has a nervous system, Um, just like your brain or spinal cord. That nervous system is called the enteric nervous system. There's more neurons in that nervous system than there are in your brain. And that nervous system is connected to your brain by what's called your vagus nerve. We have 12 cranial nerves. They're nerves that basically run in our head. The vagus nerve runs down from our brain to our gut, to our lungs, and to our heart. The gut connection is the one that I focus on. And so there are signals being carried from the brain to the gut that changes the way the gut functions. And then there's signals carried back from the gut to the brain that could change the way the brain functions. And the vagus nerve runs on your autonomic nervous system, which is your automatic nervous system. Your automatic nervous system is operating all the time without you thinking about it. It is it has two responses, sympathetic response and parasympathetic response. Sympathetic is fight or flight. Parasympathetic is rest and digest. And we need both responses to be working together. They're both important. The analogy I really like to give is your sympathetic nervous system is you're out hiking in the mountains and you see a grizzly bear. Your sympathetic nervous system is activated. The blood and energy go to your brain and muscles so you survive, right? To figure out a way to get out of that. If you do survive and you're sitting by the campfire having s'mores or sausage or something and you're relaxed and you're like, good thing I got away from that bear, 
you're in rest and digest. Your parasympathetic nervous system is activated. The body is saying, okay, we don't need energy to survive right now. We need energy to digest our food. And so you need both of those functions, obviously. The problem is most of us are living as if we're running from a bear 24-7. And that, when that happens, our sympathetic system is constantly activated. And what that does is shut down your stomach from making acid. So you're not digesting. It causes your gap junctions, the gut, to become more leaky and toxins get in. It's, you can literally suppress your good bacteria from growing when you're stressed out. So I can see how stressed someone is based on their stool analysis. All of those functions, when, they, when all that information, when that damage is coming from the brain to the gut, the gut will never heal. And at the same time, if the gut is imbalanced, it can also, like, if you have candida or clostridia or other bacteria overgrowing, they could block your dopamine production. So it is this constant two-way street between the brain and the gut and the gut and the brain. The majority of us, the reason, so that, like, into mental, emotional, spiritual health, most of us have trauma that either we don't know or that we don't want to admit. or we live in the future, right? We're constantly worrying about what can happen next week or next year, or we're thinking about the mistakes we made last month uh, or three years ago. So we're constantly, and then we've got social media and the news and all this stuff, and we're, we're constantly being taken out of the present moment. And our body, for a lot of us, is constantly thinking that it's time to survive, that it's time for fight or flight. And we're telling, and it's telling the gut, we don't need you. So we start the day, we check our phone first. And then for most of us, that doesn't set off a, a parasympathetic response. It activates sympathetic. What emails do I have to respond to right away or texts or calls or what happened in the news overnight? And then we sit down for breakfast and we're watching the news. Our gut is like, okay, now's our time to work. But the brain's telling it like, hey, you're in survival mode. We don't need you right now. And so that, that is the key, um, because of the, the damage that stress does, because it stops your digestion, because it makes your gut more leaky, because it can cause weeds to overgrow your microbiome. Um, all those things that we worry about can all be triggered by our mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Most definitely. I love how you explain things. And I think you're, you're really helping our listeners to kind of open their eyes and realize, wait a minute, this is much, much more important. Uh, the, the bottom line is, if your gut is not healthy, you will not be healthy in any way, shape or form in any aspect. So it's something we have to look at. So uh, let's talk more about um, now that we understand how vitally important good gut health is, how do we go about healing the gut? Let's say someone's gotten the testing. That let's say they have, you know, embarked on a journey um, with a functional medicine physician, and they are they're ready to heal their gut. What do we do first? How how can we go about to heal the gut and, re and do some repair? Um, my first steps. Um would be number one is to get a therapist. 
Uh, I've recommended every patient I've ever worked with to get a therapist. Um, I love that. That's they, that's so impressive. They they help us. Thank you. They most people don't follow through with that. <laughs> Maybe like twenty percent if I'm lucky. Um, so they help us figure out the what and the why, right? And that's what I mean. Therapy helped me do is figure out because I thought I had a very good life and like I didn't have trauma, but I created trauma for myself just through my own thinking. Hmm. Um, so therapists, I would start a meditation practice. I would download the the app called Calm if, or Headspace or whatever. I like Calm. Okay. I would start that. I would start doing a gratitude list. I would list three things you're grateful for every day. Um, and that's the hard work. The rest of it is pretty easy. Um, it depends on what is found through testing. Uh, let's, let's, for example, say someone that hasn't got testing yet. The first step, 90% of the time is an elimination diet and identifying food sensitivities because food sensitivities will trigger an unhealthy gut and you'll never know you have them because um, when your body has a sensitivity, your, your body, when it reacts to food, can have three reactions. You can be allergic, you can have celiac, or you could have a sensitivity. Allergies and celiac are really easy because they happen right after you eat the food. There's also good testing. So if I'm curious, if you're allergic to something, you, we send you for a blood test and we get the answer. Sensitivities are delayed hours to days after eating the food. So I could eat a bagel every day for breakfast and I feel great but I have chronic migraines and I've got a rash on my elbows and I'm going to my doctor and I'm getting a cream and I'm getting pills and it's kind of better, but then I keep eating the bagel every morning and I have no clue that it's making me sick. And so like a food allergy can kill someone, right? If you're allergic to a food and you don't have an EpiPen around, like you're in trouble. Well, a sensitivity is not going to kill you like that, but I, I just kind of say it like causes like a slow death. And so elimination diet to identify food sensitivities is the overwhelming starting point for most people with healing their gut. What I found over the years is that I'd have patients that we put on an elimination diet and they would get worse. And why? Because in a lot of them, they're eating more fiber, which is feeding their microbiome. And if you have SIBO, you don't want to be feeding your microbiome. So the, the, the diet that we presented in my book is called the COS plan, and it's an elimination diet that is also low FODMAP, which means low in foods that are fermentable by your gut bacteria. And there's kind of a step-by-step -step approach to figure out which diet you should start with. But diet is something that you can start with before you meet a functional medicine doctor. And for a lot of people, just the diet will make them better, um, just mm -hmm. identifying food sensitivities. And a lot of people just getting into therapy and, and realizing the importance of mental, emotional, spiritual health will get their gut healed. And if that stuff doesn't work, that's when you do the testing. And it really depends on what we find. I mean, if we find poor digestion, we're going to add digestive support. If we find an imbalanced microbiome, we are going to pull the weeds out. And we usually use natural 
um, herbs, things like berberine and silver and garlic and caprylic acid and grapefruit seed extract, things like that, um, for anywhere from two to three months. And we will get, and then at the same time, we're also trying to restore good bacteria to grow. So SIBO can be treated with antibiotics. So that's one time, one situation that I might use antibiotics. Um, it, majority of my patients, we are treating, uh, with natural herbs. And there's also something called an elemental diet, which is a liquid diet for two to three weeks. So it, it depends on what is found in the testing to like really, um, decide what plan to do. A really cool thing that the labs I work with do is sensitivity testing. And what that means is if, if you have a weed overgrowing your garden, they will treat that specific bacteria that's overgrowing your gut with different herbs and antibiotics to see what kills it. So we can target our treatment directly. Oh, that's fascinating. I do want you to go a little bit further into food sensitivities and food allergies. Why in the world have food sensitivities and food allergies become so very common? It seems like everybody has them now. So what's your theory on that? My theory is, is, is what we've done to our food supply. Um, you know, they started with like the hybridization of wheat in the 1960s. And then they came out with the um, genetically modified organisms that are resistant to all these chemicals that they can spray. And again, like the, the proteins of these plants and animals have changed. And so I think in a lot of us, a sensitivity is an actually an appropriate response from your immune system. Your immune system's like, hey, this doesn't look right. We need to attack this. The problem is, is our standard American diet is made up of those foods that people tend to be sensitive to because they're the most altered um, and uh, just different than they what they used to look like. So, and then if you throw that on top of all the stress we, we deal with, um, and the, the medications we take, um, all the C-sections, the antibiotics given at deliveries, um, all that stuff is also damaging the gut, which makes it more likely that you're going to react to one of these foods. Most definitely. You referenced something, um, that I want you to, to expand upon real quick. You reference a C-section yeah. and I think this is interesting. So explain to us why, what happens with a C-section and why, why does that, what, what, what in the world does that have to do with, with gut health? Yeah. So your gut microbiome starts when you're born, uh, during a vaginal delivery, the infant, when it's passing through, picks up probiotics from the vaginal canal. And when you're born by C-section, you go straight out of the belly into the delivery nurse's gloves. So they've actually done stool analysis on babies born by C-section and they find the same bacteria that was on the nurse's gloves or growing in the hospital room, overgrowing the baby's gut. And that's one out of every three people now. Yeah. Yeah. So then the other thing is that women get tested for group B strep, um, which is a, a very common infection that could be found like right before delivery. And if you test positive, then they give you antibiotics at delivery. Well, what do antibiotics do? Kill 
your gut, your bacteria. So the vaginal bacteria that should be being passed to the infant are getting damaged. And so then a lot of kids, you know, if they're not breathing or something right, they, they're very quick to use antibiotics in, in infants and probably in a lot of times correctly, but it just creates a lot of collateral damage down the road when the microbiome should be flourishing and growing when you're born, when it's being destroyed instead. So what could a mom do if, if she's in that situation and she has to get a C-section, that's not an option, uh, what can they do to make sure that they that that child, that baby's microbiome is established with bacteria from the, the vaginal canal? Um, I believe that there's now like swabs or things that they can do to kind of like basically like introduce some probiotics to the infant. Um, or th there are infant probiotic formulas. So if you have a, a child that was born by C-section, you can just start supporting their um, their gut with um, good bacteria. Yeah, and I and have heard of the swab. Um, yeah. How they're swabbing the, the vaginal canal and giving that, and then swabbing the baby's mouth and nose, et exactly. cetera, to try to establish that. And yes. I think that's very important. And it's important for moms to know because- right. This is not widely discussed. Right. And it, I don't know why, because it's so important and chronic disease is skyrocketing. But um, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, that it, it's not good. And, you know, it, when I've worked with parents a lot, like when I start talking about how the microbiome starts, a lot of times I could see the mom's face kind of go white and like, it's like, Oh my God, it's my fault. Like it, it's not your fault. It's, there was a reason that it was done. And again, you're trusting the doctor and now that, that brings up an important point is no matter how long you've damaged your gut. So if you were born by C-section, if you weren't breastfed, if you've eaten uh, junk food your whole life, like you can turn your microbiome around. It's not something that's not healable. So it's not like a death sentence. It's not something like there's no hope for your gut. It's definitely treatable. There is hope. I love that. There's always hope. Um, and we can turn things around and we want to turn things around. When it comes to food sensitivities, uh, uh, you referenced the elimination diet. I want us to talk about that. But first, I want to ask you, is there some uh, food allergy or food sensitivity testing? Um, and would you go that route first or would you do the elimination diet first? So this is a, an area also where there's some like controversy amongst practitioners. And in my opinion, the, there is not good blood testing for food sensitivities. And there are, so if I'm worried if somebody's allergic to something, I would send them for a blood test. If I'm worried that somebody's sensitive to something, I would prescribe them an elimination diet. And there are IgG food panels, but and some of your listeners have probably done them. They are frequently a log of what the person's been eating for the last few months. And, and you, if you ask people that have done them, it's like, yeah, that's a lot of the foods I ate. Well, to me, a food sensitivity panel is just the best test for leaky gut because there's not like a great test to diagnose leaky gut except for a food sensitivity panel. So if you have a bunch of like, low positives on a food sensitivity test, 
then that means that things are just getting into your body because your gut's leaky. Um, an elimination diet is 21 days of cutting out the biggest offending foods and then adding them back in one by one using a tracking journal. And that is because when I heard that, I was like, when I learned that in functional medicine, I was like, why 21 days? That seems very kind of like made up. And it's not, it's based on science. So everything in your body has a half-life. If you drink alcohol, smoke marijuana, prescription medications, your hormones, toxins like lead and mercury, um, half-life is the clearance time. It's how long it takes our body to get rid of that substance. Well, the half-life of IgG antibodies is 21 days. Hmm. So if I had that bagel today and I have 100 antibodies floating around, if I completely avoid gluten for the next 21 days, that antibody count will drop in half to 50. On day 22, so my immune response has been cut in half. On day 22, when I eat that food again, the gluten, if my immune system recognizes it as an invader, it will attack and there'll be a rapid spike in inflammation and I'll get symptoms. So we use a tracking journal that it's in, it's in my book and it um, basically guides you because when you reintroduce, let's say soy or corn, you might get symptoms that you're not even normally getting. So you might've started an elimination diet because of migraines, but when you introduce corn, you get diarrhea or you get insomnia. And that's still a reaction. So to me, food sensitivities are best diagnosed through an elimination diet. Okay. So give us those main offenders that we're talking about there for the, uh, the elimination diet cuts out. The top six are gluten, dairy, soy, corn, eggs, and sugar. Other foods we cut out are peanut butter, coffee, beef, pork, shellfish. Um, processed meats, alcohol, are the is the rest of like a, an elimination diet. And it's a pretty strict, uh, it's a pretty strict plan. But I think um, we have to do something to heal the gut. And so, is this uh, really helping us get rid of some of those weeds? The elimination diet will not help you get rid of the weeds. Okay. The elimination diet will help you to stop doing damage to your gut. Okay, got it. And it will, again, if you're eating something you're sensitive to, you're making your body inflamed without even knowing it. And so frequently, like that brings up like probably the biggest mistake I see patients make when they come to see me is they will, I'll prescribe an elimination diet and let's say stool testing and urine testing. And they do the testing. It takes a few weeks to a month to get the results. And we meet to go over the results. And I'm like, my first question is like, how did the elimination diet go? And they're like, well, I haven't started it because I wanted to see what, what was going on in my results. There, there's nothing in those stool or urine results that will tell me anything about sensitivities. So that's why I tried to like really outline the diet in my book and give people the tools of how to do it because it's something that you can save time because I've seen people that get better just through that. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I mean, I still think you should get your gut tested at some point, but you might be able to get the symptoms a lot better just through identifying any sensitivities. And I think the reality is that people can start to feel better. I yeah. mean, once they've eliminated those offending foods and their body is having a chance to heal. And I like your strategy for reintroducing foods and then obviously tracking those to see, okay, you know what? I did fine when I reintroduced this, but then when I had this, man, my body strongly reacted. Yeah. Um, is it possible to heal our gut to where we don't have as many food sensitivities? Yes. Um, so if you do an elimination diet, and you find out you're sensitive to dairy, but your favorite food's cheese, it's not like a life sentence that you can never have dairy again. I typically give my patients six months and then try again. And if you've been working on your gut, working on trauma, um, working on your mental, emotional, spiritual health, then you might be able to tolerate that food again. And like, me personally, I don't have any food sensitivities, but I frequently do an elimination diet um, once a year just to check in. And so that's something that I definitely encourage. There's there's people that are like, listen, I, I've worked with a lot of people that are like, I feel so good not eating gluten and dairy. I don't care. I don't ever want to eat those things again. But there's a lot of people that miss it. And so if you miss it, you can try again after six months. I think such a, so many great points here. And, you know, I've seen the same, you know, uh, it's, it's a, it comes back to mindfulness and, and being mindful. Okay. When I eat this, how do I feel afterwards? And I think that's a wonderful starting point for people. How do I feel after I eat that? That can be a good indication. Right. Um, this has been so very helpful um, to, to kind of wrap things up. You said something earlier, and I was so pleased you put this in there. You referenced uh, gratitude. And uh, obviously, this is airing in November. And so it's funny how we, we think of November as the gratitude month, but we should be grateful all the time. Tell us why gratitude is important for our health. Because it lowers, I mean, for most of us, it's going to lower cortisol. Cortisol is a hormone that is released when you're stressed out. And I think it's very easy for us to get wrapped up in, in our day like, okay, this is going bad. This is going bad. Um, and I'm just having like the worst day ever. And a gratitude list a lot of times can be like, wow, I'm grateful that I just have a roof over my head or that I've got shoes to wear. Um, I've got um, soap to, to clean myself with. And, and it can get us out of that kind of like fight or flight response. Um, so I think it's, it's been a great tool for me. And, and I think that people that use it find a lot of benefit to it. I know I certainly have. And, it not, and not just making a gratitude list every once in a while, but that more that spirit of gratitude too, and just kind of looking for things to be grateful for. Like what's, what's going well here? What can I, what can I be grateful for? It is, it's a mindset shift too. And um, I was very glad to hear you reference earlier how we start our day. And, you know, we're starting our day with busyness and social media and responding to emails and catching up on the news. And that plays such a huge role in how our day is going to go. I know I've seen how much it affects me. And so again, it's just a powerful reminder how some of these little things 
like having a gratitude practice, having some uh, quiet time and focusing on mental, emotional and spiritual health is so vitally important with such a huge topic like gut health. Yes. Dr. Cause, you're one of my favorites. You're one of my absolute favorites. This has been so fantastic. Thank Thank you for explaining things the way you do in such a simple manner to where we get it. We understand what you're saying. That's yeah. not always found in a uh, in a in a professional in a medical professional. <laughs> so we truly appreciate it. Um, this was just a fantastic topic. Um, as we wrap up, do you have any sort of words of encouragement to our to our listeners? Yeah, I, I would say that there's always hope. Um, my own personal story is I'm in recovery from alcohol abuse, and I hit. Um, more rock bottoms than I, than I ever dreamed I would, and a lot of times felt hopeless. Um, but just sometimes it just takes putting one foot in front of the other and starting over and not giving up. And it it doesn't matter if you're getting into functional medicine to cure health issues when you're in your 20s or your 70s. Like there's hope that you could always improve and stop things from getting worse. So just don't give up. Love it. Some three simple words. Don't give up. Fantastic. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, let's make sure our listeners know where they can connect with you, where they can get your book. The book is called Unfunk Your Gut. I am beyond excited. Mine's on its way. So <laughs> I will be uh, keeping y'all updated on, on my copy, but um, I'm, I know you might want a copy too. So why don't you let us know where um, where we can get those copies of the book? The most important thing about it is that it's unfunk with a C. Yes. And it that the funk comes from we put the funk in functional medicine, which is what we've said at my practice. Um, so it's unfunk your gut. Um, it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your all your major book suppliers, your local bookstore probably doesn't have it in stock, but they could definitely order it. Um, so it it's you can find it anywhere. It's on Kindle. Um, so just unfunk your gut. It, there's a link to it on my website. Um, my website is doc-cause.com, D-O-C-K-O-Z.com. Um, and that I, I have social media, doc underscore cause, and I'm on Facebook. It's just my name, Peter Kozlowski, MD. And we ch- I try to share stuff on there. So, but yeah, if, if somebody has questions for us or, or wants to, wants help, um, you can call my office. My assistant Jasmine is the best. She will walk you through things and, uh, that yeah. And check out my book. And I tried to, um, for over the years, an initial visit with me was always education and an initial visit would spend like an hour and a half to three hours between me and my life coach. And, um, it was just all about education. And I try to put all of that in my book in in a way that's easy to understand. Um, and you can get like well along on your journey, I think. I love it. I love it. So, uh, you guys, I will make sure that I have included, um, a link to purchase the book, um, the, all of his social media links and the website links so that you can connect with him easily. That will be in the show notes. And uh, we will make this available to you so uh, so you can um, access him as you have questions and as you uh, want to purchase that book, as I know you will. 
Dr. Kleist, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Fantastic interview. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. I hope you enjoyed that and learned a lot. I know I did. He did such a great job of explaining. I love when a doctor and an expert can explain things very well in a manner that we can understand. My pet peeve is when an expert is so high on themselves and they like to just make themselves sound smart. So they just try to explain things in a manner to where it leaves all of us thinking, okay, what are you talking about? So I I just thought he did a great job, the analogies and everything. So I hope you got a lot out of that podcast. Just so you know, I love doing this podcast for you. I love finding experts to break down the complicated science and explain things in simple, realistic terms. I love to give you simple, actionable items that are realistic, that leave you feeling like, hey, I can do this. So if you have a particular topic or a guest that you want to hear from, let me know. Shoot me an email. It's jennifer at inspirehealthyharmony.com. Now, I will see you right back here next week. Until then, just know I love your guts. You knew I was going to say it again. I love your guts. Have a good week. Bye, y'all.